Hey you guys, we gotta tell you about Brez Coffee Company. Made by gamers, for gamers, right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. I like the iCast Fireball mixed flavor, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like dark roast like I do, then try the Critical Dark or the Coup Slayer Mocha Roast. Can't decide what you need for those all-night gaming sessions? Why don't you try one of their specialty sample packs? All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to BrezCoffeeCo.com. That's B-R-E-Z-C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O.com and enter the code NCR at checkout for 10% off your order. Amazing! Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs and welcome to a very special edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Derek Diamond and I'm flying solo for this episode. Uh, Jason and I both had a prior commitment that kept us from doing our traditional weekly live show, but we've had a special surprise planned for you, the listeners, over the last couple of weeks. And you've seen the episode title, so you can probably guess what that is. A couple of weeks ago, I had the pleasure of chatting with voice actor Kenny James, who you may know as the current voice of Bowser from the Super Mario Brothers series. And this was an amazing chat to have, and not just because he's a part of what I consider to be the greatest and most iconic video game franchise of all time. And greatest might be up for debate, but when it comes to just purely iconic, I think Mario Brothers is absolutely up there at the top. But not just hearing about how he got the role of Bowser and his time playing that character, but also his moving into also doing anime work and really just how he got into voice acting because he didn't get into it until he was in his 40s. And that was really inspiring to me because it shows that it's never too late for you to make a big type of change, whether it's in your personal life, professional life, it's never too late to make a change like that. So hearing his story was very inspiring to me, and he'll actually be appearing at Pensacon in a couple of weeks here in Pensacola, Florida, May 21st through the 23rd at the Pensacola Bay Center. So if you're coming out to Pensacon, I highly recommend going out of your way to meet Kenny. He was great to chat with. I can't wait to meet him in person. And hopefully you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I had of being a part of it. But before we get into that, I've got to give some shout outs to our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Armes Jackson, Xblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, aka Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, 
Randy Bailey, Tyler Watson, Justin Olson, Brandon Rutledge, Donner Party of Five, Gus and Penny, Jason May, and our newest patron, Mr. Matthew Salmon. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And because you have kept us at that $50 level, we will continue to do fun commentary tracks like the Super Mario Brothers movie, Captain N, the Game Master, Real Ghostbusters, Sonic the Hedgehog. Most recently, we did a commentary track for Brain Scan. So fun to do. They're a true highlight of the show and doing those commentary tracks every month. And it's because of you guys that we continue to do it. And if you want to vote on what our monthly commentary track will be, or if you want to vote on other show topics as well, just head on over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Mr. Kenny James. Welcome back to the Nerd Cave Retro Show, and joining us this week is the voice of Bowser himself, as you can see, Mr. Kenny James. <laughs> Kenny, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? <laughs> Doing good. So, hey, uh, love the extreme close-up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, that, that's fantastic. Well, we were we were talking uh, before we started recording. You're actually going to be a guest uh, at Pensacon here in a yes. couple of weeks, which we're, we're thankful that it was able to get rescheduled due to all this, this COVID craziness. Yeah. And, and you, you've been to Pensacon before. So are you excited yeah, to be back? Oh man. I, it, as I was saying before, it's like Pensacon is one of the most fun shows that I've been to and no offense to other shows that may see this, but uh, uh, Mike and the gang, they take such good care of celebrities, you know, and uh, the people were great. I got I got to fill in on some things that were so much fun. The uh, voice actors theater. Uh, it it was amazing. I got to I got to participate in that. I got to do match game. Uh, I got to eat at McGuire's twice. So I, I'm a happy camper. I'm ready to go back to Pensacola. Man. <laughs> you were telling me you actually had the shepherd's pie. Two yes. days in a row. Which two how days you in survive a row. that? I have no idea. So more uh, power to you for that. Yeah, I can put it away. <laughs> uh, you can't go wrong. I mean, really, you can't go wrong with anything. With when no, it comes to McGuire, no, like I tell um, people they have good. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no. Bill Farmer was sitting next to me, and he was, he had like a fillet, and and he was like, "You have to taste this," and he put a chunk of beef on my. <laughs> I'm like, how come? I was like, oh, I should have got that. You know, but you know, everybody was really happy with it. McGuire's is seriously kick ass. So. Yeah, their steaks to me are the best in town, easily. And there, there's some good steakhouses here, but when it comes to McGuire's and people that I talk to that have never been to Pensacola before, like whether yeah. they're guests of Pensacon or whatever the case may be, is like, what's a good place to eat? McGuire's is why I always tell everybody it, it's yeah. like the go-to place in town. <laughs> I'm serious. And I know you may have to do some editing if I keep going on about this, but uh, when I got into town for that weekend, that was February of 2020. Uh, that was the last show that I did, I think in 2020 until at least very late in 2020. And uh, my agent met me at the hotel desk and he was like, hey, so go put your stuff away. We're going to go to lunch. 
we're going to go to Meguiar's. You ever heard of it? I go, no. And that's where we went. And that was it. I was like, can we go there again tomorrow, you know, for dinner? Because I want to, I want to eat the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) No. And that's absolutely the right decision Mm. for sure. So we'll talk a little bit more about Pensacon a little bit later on, but I'm curious, what was it that made you want to get into the world of voice acting specifically? And how did you get the role of, of Bowser? You know, one of the most iconic characters in, in video games. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the desire to be a show off has always been there. You know, you're a little kid that gets in trouble in class because you can't keep your trap shut and you don't do your math, you know, and, voted class wit a couple of years, I think, you know, all that stuff. And uh, eventually, I mean, I was much older, but I started performing in bands, you know, music. I was a lead singer for a whole bunch of bands. And it wasn't until I turned about 40. Well, I started doing the voiceover thing before that, but the whole voiceover thing, I thought, why not? I, I have a goofy voice. I have a very wide range. So I thought I should just build myself a website. And so uh, using Coffee Cup 9, I think it was, uh, way back in like 2000 or somewhere around there, uh, I built this little website and uh, did some HTML buttons and stuff. I was, thought I was styling. Well. I put a demo that I had had made. I had had made. Yeah, that's correct, right? I had had made. Yeah. So, yeah, because I went to a class at the University of Washington Experimental Campus in Seattle. And there was a voiceover class there put on by a uh, guy who was, he was pretty big in commercials. Um, But he was teaching a class and I talked to a coworker of mine into going there with me. And we took this class and I did really well in this class. Well, he produced demos. I'm starting to, I'm trying to shorten it now. He produced demos. I had him produce me a demo, even though by today's standards, it was insane. Uh, it was three and a half minutes long and it was a mixture of straight commercial work with characters and it was bizarre. But anyway, as I continued on in my life, I had this demo and had nothing to do with it. And uh, I don't know how this guy got a hold of me, but there was a guy in Canada that started paying me eight bucks a line to do impersonations and characters for answering machine things back when people were still using answering machine things. And so you know, I mean, he would get a, he would send me a thing and say, can you do Scooby and Shaggy, you know, and stuff like that. I was, so he had me reading lines like, hey, Scoob, you know, answer the phone, you know, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, New York guy and, you know, just characters. Right. Well, by that time, I had already started working for Suburban Propane. And here it comes, boys and girls. Some of you have heard this before. Um I used to sell propane and propane accessories. I'll tell you what. Well, I did for 13 years. I was a service tech, um, but I was working. I, know, I thought it was funny. Um, I was working at a job 
with my service manager and I was telling him about this. I'm doing these little voice bits for this guy. And I said, I'm a professional voice actor, you know. And um, the customer happened to be a part-time producer at Bad Animal Studios in Seattle. And she asked me if I had a demo. And I said, yeah, I do. And it's a good thing that I did. Uh, so she listened to it. I think she had a 14-year-old son, I think. He listened to it. They thought, wow, there's something there. So she sent it over to the production manager at Bad Animals. I know it's a long story. And she started sending me auditions. Uh, one of the first ones that I remember getting were, they sent me four different characters for Sly Cooper 3. And I didn't get any of them. And so I thought, well, I stink. But, you know, that's the nature of auditions. You usually don't get most of them. So I just kept plodding along. And uh, eventually the Bowser audition came through the email. And they sent me the lines from Super Mario Sunshine. And Scott Burns, who was Bowser before I was, they sent me his voice tracks, uh, like raw studio tracks. And so best I could tell, because they didn't instruct me, they, I, I thought they wanted a voice match. So I did my best Scott Burns, you know, impersonation of the lines from Sunshine, you know, Mario, how dare you interrupt my family vacation, you know, and all that stuff. So, and I thought, yeah, whatever happens, happens and send it off. And, you know, you do the Ron Popeil thing, set it and forget it. And a couple of weeks later, I, I think I, I always think it was a couple of weeks. It might have been longer than that, but I don't think it was. Uh, I got an email that said, you got the job. And I was like, eh. so they didn't know how to act because I had been in the studio singing, but I had never been in a studio doing voice work before. So there was sweat coming out. And but anyway, I went in there and uh, that's when I found out that, let's see, the first thing I recorded was super mario strikers at the end of the gamecube and that's mm -hmm. when i found out that they don't want bowser to talk <laughs> at least not anymore so i think i've said four words in english in almost 17 years but um that's how i got that particular gig was um the most used phrase for that when somebody asked me is i was in the right place at the right time but that is a lot to it is that you know it timing does have something to do with it you know mm -hmm. i think skill plays a lot into it but it also you have to be in the right place at the right time and like you mentioned you did numerous auditions yeah. and didn't get them and that that's why i respect all I forms of acting whether <laughs> it's know. voice acting <laughs> live action acting because you get rejected so it's many so times much it's so demoralizing at times. <laughs> so much rejection it's like you're a whipped puppy man it's like oh poor puppy <laughs> You know, you didn't get another job. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, it's it can be rough, but eh. yeah, but it all worked out because yeah, you, it did. You, you landed. So I, that's what I'm also curious about, too, is the fact that Bowser doesn't really talk. You know, like growing yeah. up, you know, I was a huge Mario fan. I watched all the Mario cartoons and I remember. Oh, right. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He spoke in the the early games, but really since you took over Bowser has just made the growling noises and it's been, you know, dubbed with subtitles and everything. Yeah. So did when it came to the specific noises that Bowser makes, did you have a lot of creative freedom? Were you given a specific oh. direction? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good question. Yeah, they um, when I went in there, I kind of expected to do what Scott had done before. And when I got in there and they started giving me direction and stuff, I was like, uh, there's no spoken lines. And they were like, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> um, so then I had to start. What I did was instead of going from that place of, you know, that growly kind of a voice like like Scott did for, you know, Sunshine, um, I, I realized I needed to to give him a little more girth and a little more depth so i started getting more and more down in here and um so it it started to become this and people look at me when i do that especially little kids they just go but um <laughs> i don't know where it comes from i just know it it comes from out of there um so they they allowed me to just sort of run and uh, Strikers didn't have a lot of Bowser in it, as I remember, uh, but I was also the robot super team. Um, but then after that, uh, they were ready to start doing games on the Wii. And so I believe, if I remember the chronology right, the next game or uh, recording session that I did was for uh, Super Mario Wii and Galaxy at the same time. And it was a fairly long session. And I started getting that thing where it's all like, this is not going to cut it as much as, you know, just the bigger I could sound. And, and I'm constantly doing the thing with my hands. It's, I stand in front of a microphone and they're, they're just looking at me and I'm, they're like, what are you doing? I was like, come on, you know, you know how voice actors are. They're weird. Um, but yeah, they just let me just go with it. And so I developed more and more largeness to the sound uh, so that people would hopefully realize eventually that it, it wasn't just me going, grr, and then them putting all effects on it to where it comes out. It's actually me doing that, you know. Um, I think that was the question. I sort of, yeah, I, yeah. I, you ask me a question, you better expect some time because I can, I can talk. So. No, no, it's all good. No, that, that's <laughs> that's really fascinating stuff too, though, because you know, I, I I haven't really seen voice acting done in person, but like I, I like to think that if you're in a, a, a recording room making what in your case noises, that you yeah, gotta yeah. be you gotta be into it because that helps you know, helps those sounds. Come oh yeah. Out. You know, like yeah. I, I have seen clips of, you know, Robin Williams when he was doing voice work for the genie and he, he's already animated as you know what. Anyway. It, yeah. He was and very he's animated and throwing it, 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 his yeah. hands out and it's oh, yeah. just, it's so fun to watch. So, that, so that's yeah, just cool. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a bizarre thing. Um, I think that going back to Bowser's sounds, I, I, like I said, I think I've done four words in English maybe. I think it's four. I'm still sticking with four uh, over the last 16 plus years. And two of them were for the same title, as I recall, which is saying Nintendo and Showtime for uh, Bowser's Inside Story. Mm -hmm. But uh, and then I've said Mario and Peach. Um, but mostly it's Bowserese. You know, I have to speak Bowserese. 
It's not written out. They're just all like, okay, you're getting, here's a speech bubble. And so, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing being in a booth. It sounds like a blast though. Oh, it's fun. And uh, something else that I'm curious about when you landed the role of Bowser, like, were you familiar with the Mario games? Like I know Mario is a very oh. known character, but how familiar were you with that universe when you got the job? Yeah, I, well, I'm probably thinker than a lot of people old I am. So <laughs> uh, I'll be 58 this year. So uh, when I first ran into Nintendo, it was 1985, the year that the, the NES launched. And my first wife got it for me for Christmas. And it was, it was the whole big box deal with the, that robot that moved uh, mm, spinning Rob. things. Yeah. Oh, I hated that thing. <laughs> but, you know, it also had the, the gun and, and Duck Hunt and, and Mario. And so, yeah, I've been... I've been on board at Nintendo since it launched, you know, long how do you, time. So I was quite familiar with it. How do you feel, you know, knowing that you're a part of that universe that has now been around for, you know, I guess now over 35 years, because you know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people have very fond memories of their first time playing Nintendo. Like me personally, I can remember, the first time I ever played the NES at my aunt's house when I was you know, four or five years old and playing Mario and it stuck with me yeah. all almost 35 years of my life. So uh, how does it feel for you knowing that you're a part of, you know, really one of the most historic franchises, not just in gaming, but really in pop culture, because everyone knows yeah. who Mario is and by almost by default, everybody knows who Bowser is. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And, you know, the the little point that you made about pop culture uh, is one of the reasons why, speak, coming back to Pensacon again, that I can fit into so many different convention settings because you can be at a gaming convention, you can be at a pop culture convention. And now, because I'm working at Funimation, that, you know, now I fit into the anime category too. So, um, but no, I... At first, uh, I thought nothing of it. Uh, I had been voicing the character for probably 10 years before I even considered starting to do conventions because I, I, I didn't know really anything about that, that world. You know, you, you see it on the news or something. It's all like, ooh, San Diego Comic-Con, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, whatever, you know? <laughs> and then, then I started thinking, well, I should go out and start doing that. And when I did, I started, you know, immediately running into Charles Martinet, who's Mario. Mm -hmm. And he sort of helped guide me along, you know, in the convention world. So uh, it's, it's been, it's been really bizarre, but until I started getting out at conventions, I mean, most people, because I'm wearing a suburban propane uh, uniform, and I'm working on somebody's gas fireplace or fixing their propane regulator or something that, you know, if I brought it up, they'd be all like, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, nobody, people didn't believe me, you know, and I'm all like, well, but it, but it is, it's me. I've been doing the voice for a long time. And they're like, yeah, sure. That's why you're here. Sure. 
but uh, yeah, no, it's been, it's been amazing and I, I embrace it fully. And that's what's great too about conventions, you know, because I remember growing up, all you'd hear about was San Diego Comic-Con that would happen every oh, sure. summer. Oh, well, sure. It was then, so big. Yeah. It still is like the biggest, you know. And then you have now conventions in other states and other parts of the country. And now one, you know, that's held 20 minutes from where I live. And it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really cool to, you know, meet people, you know, like you and um, other people who were. You know, parts of sure our childhood. And then I'm sure it's the same for you and anyone else who comes to a convention to say, oh, we can meet the people who grew up, you know, listening yeah. to us in your yeah. case. Yeah. It's, it's amazing because I get, I get everything. I was just at a, I was just at a show this last weekend um, in Mississippi and uh, I'm, I get, I get everything from three or four year olds that are they're almost too shy to even look at me but their parents will pick them up and be all like he plays the games he loves bowser he's just he's so you know he's kind of you know scared you know i get everything from that to people almost my age that are like dude i've been playing the game since they came out and you know or one of the most used phrases people you're like the voice of my childhood and it's it's it has an impact man you're just all like Wow. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> well, that's the great thing about this specific franchise is that it's so generational where you have those like me who can remember playing the original game. Yeah. And those who are younger who grew up on, say, like Mario Galaxy or yeah. Mario Sunshine. Like it's it's such a generational thing. And Mario is one of those names and franchises that I think is still going to be around, you know, long after any of us are gone. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, I just hope to keep uh, growling for Bowser as, you know, as long as they'll let me, which is fine by me, you know? Oh, for as sure. Long as, I, as long as I still got that, then we're good. So. No, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, have you done any other type of um, voice? I know you've been Bowser for, for quite a number of years, but have yeah. you dabbled into, you mentioned um, anime. What other voice acting work have you dabbled into? Yeah, you Bowser? know, I didn't start taking it seriously until a few years ago. Um, I had done, uh, let's see, I got the, I think that I had already done my first couple of games as Bowser before I started wanting to act on stage. And so that's what I was, uh, I accidentally went into a little bit earlier where I said I was 40 years old. I didn't start acting on stage until I was 40 years old. And I decided that if they can do it, I can do it because I had already been on stage a lot as a front man. So I wasn't scared of people. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go and I'm going to audition for a stage play. And it was a musical. It was Man of La Mancha. And I wound up getting, for my first audition on stage, I wound up getting what is probably beyond a medium role in that show. I was Dr. Carrasco and uh, the Duke, Knight of the Mirrors. It's all the same guy. But, uh, and then... Right after that, I got cast as Billy Bigelow in Carousel because boys and girls, Bowser can sing. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I had done uh, a lot of theater and then 
one day I just decided that um, I need to take this more seriously. And so I quit my job and I started working on doing voiceover full time. And that's one of the reasons why I'm no longer in Washington State. I uh, moved to the Dallas area specifically because Funimation is based here. And I had made a lot of friends in anime at, at conventions. And so I was like, I'm going to move to town. And they're like, do it. And I go, I will. And they said, you should. And I go, I'm gonna, you know, that kind of thing, you know, back and forth. And I sold my house and, and uh, we put the cat in the car and, and we drove to Texas. And so uh, for the last year, and uh, it slowed down a bit, you know, during 2020, because some of the productions slowed down quite a bit, but they've been casting me in all sorts of things. I, I just had a, an episode of Fire Force that aired last weekend on Toonami. And I was a, I was a, a, a named character on, you know, a national, you know, TV show. I was just, I was like, yay! <laughs> you know, he didn't last very long, but, you know, because the heroes got to be heroes, but I got to be the anti-guy. So, you know, that's cool. I'm I'm all I'm all about playing the villains, so I don't care. But most of the rest of the time, going back to your question, uh, most people wouldn't even know if they heard me. I mean, I've done everything from local car commercials in states that I don't even know where the the car dealership is, uh, to interrupting your Spotify playlist to tell you about Post-it notes. You know, I. It's just all sorts of stuff. So most of it's very bland and, you know, but uh, I'm definitely, definitely jazzed about getting a foothold in the anime world. It's, it's a lot of fun to do dubs. Super fun. Absolutely. And anime is one of those, uh, one of those fandoms that just has such a huge following. You know, I, I've, oh yeah. know so many people who are not just into, you know, Dragon Ball Z or like the most notable right, right. animes, but that just love the the genre of anime. Oh, yeah. And I, I haven't yeah. dabbled into it too much, but it, it has a huge, huge fan base. Well, and, so that's, and there's that's the, great. There's the thing about anime is that people sometimes don't even realize they were watching anime. Like when I realized that all of the years that I was watching Speed Racer back in the late 60s and stuff that I had no idea I was watching anime. That's an anime show. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, wait, it was. And then in the 80s, I was in the Navy. I was a strapping young man in my early 20s. And, and I'd, I would record, um, oh, shoot, don't make me, uh, Star Blazers, the original Star Blazers. They did a remake of it. But the original Star Blazers, I used to put in a VCR tape and do the half hour of programming to get it recorded. And so that I could watch it before I went off to the base in the morning. Um, and I didn't even know that, you know, anime. Well, it was a dub of a Japanese cartoon. I had no idea. Yeah, no, it's been around for a long, mm -hmm. long time. And I, I will say this, your, your story of you, you said you didn't really act until you were in your 40s. And then yeah. you moved from Washington to Dallas. That, to me, is so inspiring and showing that you know, it's never, you don't have to make a huge career change at an early age. You know, you can be 
oh, however sure. old you want to make changes like that. So that that's absolutely inspiring. Oh yeah, there's there's uh there's some other really big time screen actors that really didn't get a start in acting until they were fairly old. Um, it's it's never too late, man. But one of my biggest suggestions is if you if you want to be a voice actor, be an actor first. Um, one of my things I I profess to people at panels and at my table when they ask the question, go to your community theater and audition for stuff and do plays and do musicals if you can sing. Sometimes you don't even need to sing in a musical. You can be a character that doesn't sing. But uh, my biggest nemesis in theater was dancing. I don't like to dance, but they always make me dance. Um, but uh, yeah, auditioning for community theater, it doesn't cost you anything except for a little gas to go back and forth. Uh, you don't get paid, well, you, you, you know, but people will come up to you after the show and go, that was so much fun. You guys did such a good job. But in the meantime, you're learning about production and you're learning about taking direction and you're learning about uh trying to develop the character you know so uh i profess community theater from start to finish absolutely and, and you get paid in other ways than money you get sure, paid in sure, knowledge, sure. you get paid in experience so yeah it's absolutely worth it oh yeah it's where i got all my chops absolutely <laughs> it's back to the 80s like never before Things aren't all rainbows and shortcakes at the corner of Elm and E Streets. Molly Slater just wants to forget everything she can't remember and play heavy metal with her best friend in the garage. And maybe get a date for prom, if he's not a total skis. But someone in this burb has been killing redheads, and Molly has the reddest hair of them all. When a night of babysitting gone wrong gets her in the crosshairs of the local gang scene, fabulous secrets are revealed to her. The hunted becomes the hunter as she prowls the darkness that has crept into her sleepy town. But a far more sinister force, something from another world, has other plans in store for her. Jukebox Hero by Jason Stewart will be available on Kindle and paperback wherever books are sold on April 30th. So as we start to wrap up here, uh, as the voice of Bowser, I have to ask, do you have a favorite Mario game? And if so, what is it? Uh, you know, playing wise, it's such a hard question because I've always been so so partial to cart games because I just like driving. I mean, I built a force feedback triple screen monster of a sim rig for racing and stuff during the pandemic that, you know, my wife was like, you know, what are you doing? And I was like, this is going to be half of our dining room right here. You know, and I can sit there and I can go on iRacing and I can race. But um, I think that I have to go back to judging them by what I did for them, I think, as far as the games are concerned. So I tend to always want to go back to 3D World. I really loved Galaxy because it was it was one of the that was pretty much the first of its kind in the Mario genre being able to to have that it wasn't open world fully but it was so big um but 3D world had Meowser and Meowser is my my Bowser triumph as far as voiceover goes because 
Meowser hurt. Meowser hurt me. And uh, they they had Bowser has a script, believe it or not. So I flip over a page on the script. We're going along. And I, at the top of the script, in quotation marks, it says Meowser instead of Bowser. And I was like, ha! Meowser, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> what does it mean? You know? And they're like, okay, well, it's a power up. Uh, get this, he gets claw, bigger claws and gets whiskers and ears and a tail and he's cat-like. And I went, oh, that's hilarious. It's great. What do you want him to sound like? And they looked at me through the glass and went, we don't know. I was like, okay. Oh boy. Yeah, we'll see. But therein lies the challenge of, of developing characters. This was a different version of Bowser. So uh, I immediately thought, give me a minute. And I told them that. I said, let me think about it for a minute. And they're like, okay, take your time. Yeah. <laughs> but hurry up. And uh, so I thought, well, Bowser can't, he can't meow like a little kitty cat. That's not going to work. He's too big. So instead of meow. You know, I thought, what about a bigger cat like a wild cat or, you know, like even a bobcat, which if you've ever heard a bobcat, they're scary sounding, even though they're not cougar sized. But uh, so I started thinking kind of a sound, you know, Mm -hmm. I may not have the I may not sound exactly like a cat, but then I'm a guy. So so I'm like, and I was like, that's not going to work either because he's not pure cat. He's Bowser cat. He's Meowser. So I have to roll the voice of Bowser into that cat. And so I came up with kind of a starting off with the, the cat sound and rolling into the, the growl. So it was kind of a. But then I started piling them both together and it got more like. I did that for a couple of hours and I'm like, I'm swallowing hard now. Um, I could taste blood at the end of that session. I oh shredded my, my throat so bad that I could taste blood. And they're like, okay, so we're done for the day. And I was like, yay. <laughs> and the story continues. Though. I came back for a follow-up session and I walked into the control room. And the first thing I did was ask the producer and directors that I was like, what about the Meowser stuff? And they're like, we're translating an email from Japan right now. It probably has something to do with it. <laughs> Great. So, so I sat there sweating tiny little Bowser bullets for, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. And then somebody came in to the control room and said, they love all of it. So you guys can push forward, you know, move on. I was like, oh, because I was so afraid they were going to make me do all of that again, but it all got approved, you know, because um, whether a lot of your listeners know, or there's a lot of people who don't know that I am Bowser, uh, whether it's Japan or otherwise. So they approve everything I do because Nintendo of America is Nintendo of America, but Nintendo is in Japan. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I had to sit there and sweat the approval. But that's usually why I will pick 3D World. Um, it's just because of the work that I actually put into that. 
that version of the game. I'm sure your throat thanked Nintendo for approving that. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I've had that. I've had them watch me at sessions before. Uh, I I don't remember. I think it might have been Galaxy. Um, I was in the I was in the cutting room and there was a laptop sitting on a table next to the microphone stand, and I, there was no video on it. But I I went, what's the laptop for? And this was after we had already started, and he. Producer goes, uh, it's uh, Japan. And I went, what? He goes, yeah, they're watching. And I was like, oh, <laughs> amazing. You know, and this particular producer speaks very good Japanese. And so he was actually communicating with them between takes. Uh, he would be speaking Japanese and then they would go back and then it, we'd continue on and so I eventually got to the point where I was I was clowning with them. I would do this thing, and then I would look at the laptop and go, "Eh, eh." <laughs> <laughs> so they they got a kick out of it. They thanked me when I was done, and and uh, we were good to go. But yeah, it's been a bizarre ride, it really has. <laughs> That's fascinating though, because and and to your point, I would actually say that 3D World is actually an underrated. Mario game because everyone yeah, brings so. up the originals, you know, Mario World for Super Nintendo and like the major yeah. ones for each platform. But 3D World was was a lot of fun. And I, I remember during the final battle when Bowser gets the power up and just like, oh my God, this is awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic though. Um, do you have any website or social media that you'd like to plug so the viewers oh. and listeners can follow you? You know, I've had a website for a long time, but I'm really lazy and I don't really maintain it. It's just KennyJamesVoice.com, but I don't really do anything there. And if it wasn't on automatic payment, it probably would have fell, fallen off the face of the earth by now. Um, but mostly I'm on Instagram, which is Kenny James Bowser. And uh, on Twitter, it's Kenny James Bowser, but I had to take the E out of Bowser. They didn't have enough characters. So it's Kenny James and then B-O-W-S-R. But That's the you know, frustrating I mean, you, thing about Twitter. Yeah. They they limited the characters. So I was like, all right, I'll just take the E out and it'll be still be Bowser. But uh uh and I'm on Facebook, Kenny James. But uh and uh if anybody out there needs to book me for anything, you know, like an appearance, it's celebworks.com and that's with an X. So celeb works with an X. So fantastic. And you can also catch <laughs> Kenny James and other great celebrities at Pensacon, which is May oh. 21st through the 23rd. Can't There's wait. So many, so many great guests lined up for this reschedule. Uh, I'm really glad that they finally got it to kick off, you know, because uh, they, they rebooked me and it was again, supposed to be in February. And then they went, no, we're, we're going to postpone it. And then it's like, okay, here's the new date. And I'm like, yeah, let's hope it holds. And uh, I'll be there in a couple of weeks. It's not very long. What's that? It's, um, yeah, as we're, dates. Yeah, yeah, as we're recording, yeah. it's uh, like three or four weeks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like it's, it's towards the end of May. I, if I didn't have my banner up here, which I thought I, Sam Kelly plays Peach. The last mm -hmm. time I did a, a promotional thing with her, she had her banner behind her and I was like, oh, I should do that. 
No, it so looks my, great. My whiteboard is on the other side of that banner and it has my schedule written. Out. <laughs> so I apologize to Mike because I don't know the dates right offhand. So sorry, Mike. All good. No, it's, it is uh, May 21st through 23rd. There we go. Thank you so much for taking the time to yeah, yeah, have fun. this conversation and look forward to seeing you at Pensacon. Right on, man. I'll be there. Thanks again to Kenny James for that awesome conversation. Hopefully you guys had as much fun listening to it as I had being a part of it. Be sure to give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're heading out to Pensacon, you can meet him and so many other great guests May 21st through the 23rd at the Pensacola Bay Center. And speaking of Pensacon, Jason, Wally, and myself will be there. We'll be participating in a couple of different panels. The Nerd Cave Retro panel will be Saturday, May 22nd at the Voices of Pensacola building at 10 a.m. And just 24 hours later, same time, same venue, 10 a.m., Voices of Pensacola. It's the return of Defending Bad Movies. That's right. Jason and Wally will once again have to defend bad movies of my choosing. Or is it the hat's choosing? It's whatever names I draw out of the hat. Uh, they have to say nothing but good things about. And if you can't make it to Pensacon, no worries. Both panels will be recorded. Nerd Cave Retro panel obviously will be on this show. And Defending Bad Movies 3D will be on a future episode of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Unfortunately, I won't be on the show next week. I will be living the Wahoo's life, a.k.a. I have to work next Wednesday. So Wally will be stepping in and filling in for me. He and Jason will be back. Next week at our normal time, 8 p.m. Central Time at twitch.tv slash jfunktastic. And that's going to do it for this week's show. So I'm going to get out of here. You can check out our website at nerdcaveretro.com. You can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. I know you guys have been sending in a ton of great articles. Definitely keep them coming. We definitely love reading them. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NerdCaveRetro or individually at JFunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. Check out our merch at ncrmerch.com and of course our Patreon at patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. And leave us a review. We definitely love hearing feedback from you guys. If you can't contribute to the Patreon, we understand, but definitely leave us a review because the more reviews we get, the more visible we are to the podcasting public. That's going to do it for this week. My name is Derek Diamond, and may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.